Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. The same grace and mercy that has kept us and brought us here. We thank you. We, t- we take nothing for granted. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, to hear from you. Father, it's because you love us, that's why you always speak to us. Thank you, Lord. I pray this morning that you will speak to your people. You will speak even to me. That we'll live here having to even experience you in a way that we never have before. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So this morning, I'm just adding to all that you've heard about prayer. And I just want to talk about the place of prayer and how relationships also impact prayer. Relationships. How our relationship with God influences the prayer life our prayer lives. Um, simply put, I struggled with prayer for a long time till I got a man who was kind enough to tell me that prayer is just a conversation. That was like my light bulb moment. It's a conversation with God. Just take it, because I felt like you need to, you, know, you need to, you need to, I mean, you need to be at a special place, and you know, so, in that, if I've not had that special time and that special place, then I'm not praying. But he taught me that you could pray the whole day. You could pray whilst you're at work. You could pray in your off time. I mean, that word that you're speaking at any point in time to God, that interaction is also prayer. So that if maybe you're traveling, you're moving around, and you've not had that time to dedicate, let's say, an hour or 30 minutes to prayer. Even on the road, whilst you're driving, you could be offering prayer. And when you also decide to sit down and spend that hour, it is nothing else but you having a means of communication with God. And for me, it broke it down for me. It made it very simple. And for me, when you talk about relationships, then it's also conversations. If prayer is a conversation and it thrives in relationships, then it means that there's the need for us to also ensure that whoever we're speaking to, we understand the person. We have a certain relationship with the person. And the thing about relationships is that there are expectations. In every relationship, there are expectations. I mean, maybe when you're dating someone and you want the person so bad, you can tell the person, I have no expectation, whatever you have, I'm okay with it. But maybe as soon as we get home and we're married, and now you see that even though I didn't say, I said I hadn't got expectations, there were certain unsaid expectations. So, this morning, all I want to emphasize on is that our relationship with God is very key if we're to have a very effective prayer life. And sometimes, there's this view that you can, you can just be there, you can do whatever you want, and always have a communication with God. Indeed, God has a place for all of us. There's a place for everybody at whatever stage you find yourself 
in your relationship with God. But I refer you to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus, in fact, in my Bible, it talks about the model prayer. And he says that when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know that point where you get to where you really want to have a certain, and I'm not sure Jesus said that whenever we have to pray, we all have to go our separate ways, go and lock ourselves in a certain room before we can talk to God. But he was talking about that intimacy, that presence, that making, being mindful to create a certain environment so that you can properly communicate with God. And one thing, that one word that stands out in this verse for me is Father. Your Father. Your Father who is in secret. So, indeed, I, I suppose Jesus is talking to Christians. And he's saying that in our relationship with God, there's a, there's a Father daughter-father-son relationship. And in that relationship, if we get to know God very well, it can be so painless because you can talk to him and know that you have spoken to him. Because indeed, the God that we serve, he hears, he sees, and he acts. The, can we turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. So before, in that father-daughter, father-son relationship, there's an active father who is interested in your business, which makes the conversation even much easier. And so, you know, I, I like playing Scrabble. And usually, I like to play my Scrabble on the phone and then my wife would try to be talking to me. And then sometimes she would insist that I put the phone down and I listen to her. I said, ah, why? I multitask. In the job that I do, it's critical that you can multitask. So don't worry. I can hear everything you say. So just talk. I can still play my scrabble and listen to whatever you're saying. Sometimes. So... <laughs> So, you know, this thing will create some... You, every time I'm talking to you... Okay, anyway. So, I go for a program, a training program, and they teach us about mindfulness, being present. That when someone is talking, you need to be there. So, you can hear, and you can see, and you can read body language and properly respond. So, I sent her a message. I was in SA at that time, and I told her I was coming home a changed man. I hope I have still remained a change man. <laughs> but that mindfulness and being present is what we're talking about in this prayer relationship with God. Because there's so many things that are competing for our attention. And unless you make the effort to be there. Because sometimes we've been to prayer meetings. I remember years ago when Black Starlets were playing the World Cup. A group of people were in church. And you know that prayer meeting and when it's summoned, you have to be there. Otherwise, fire will chase you in your home. So people gather, but their minds were on the game. 
So they heard go and everybody started shouting go and dancing in the church. In that place where you are mindful and you are having a proper conversation with this God who is already seeing your situation, you need to be present. And that's why whether you, you choose to be praying whilst you're driving or whether you've woken up at 4 a.m. to pray, the cares of this world, it doesn't really matter whether it's at 4 a.m. The cares of this world will continue to buffet you and you need to make sure that you push them to the background and then you can be mindful and have a conversation. But back to Exodus chapter 3. So I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I've heard their cry. So once again, in our prayer walk with this God that we have, that we serve, he's an active participant in our life. He already sees and he already hears. And you know, they were crying and I, I, I suppose it was also their prayer in their cries. So he's saying that I had seen and had heard and then you move on and says that because their taskmasters task for heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. Because sometimes you also get to a point where you feel that he's not seen, he's not heard and he doesn't have a clue. But this is our God telling the Israelites that tell my people that I have seen and this morning I believe he's telling all of us that whatever situation we find ourselves in he's seen his head he knows and that the, for me the most fascinating part is the verse 8 the first part of the verse 8 so I have come down to deliver them of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from the land to a good and large land to a land flowing with milk and honey. So, once again, the Christ had gone to him. For he had seen, he had heard their cries, and he says he knows it, and he has come down. So, just to let you know that every prayer in this relate, if you if once you are cultivating this relationship with our Father every prayer that you offer, he will act on it. But what I've learned in my life is that no is also an answer. Wait is an answer. Yes is an answer. And sometimes you've looked back and you thank God for the no's that you had. Because there's something some years ago I really wanted. And someone stood in my way and said no. So one day I was driving home and I said, Oh my goodness, it was really good that this thing didn't happen. So, usually when I find myself in a very difficult spot, I just sing this song that says that we will understand it better by and by. So as I pray and I wait for my answer, I believe that as time, as we travel through time, if it's not come, Maybe it's a no or a yes or wait, but I'll understand whatever situation that it is. Because sometimes time also gives you perspective. And like that moment that I had, I said, oh my goodness, it was good this thing didn't happen at the time that I wanted. So he says, I've come down to deliver them. 
And this morning, I just want to assure everybody here that in this relationship, once the prayer is offered, he will come down and he will deliver. If there's a prayer you're offering, is, is, is there something on your heart? If there's a burden that you're carrying, I just want you to know that the God that you have come into this relationship with, he, had, he sees. And in fact, when I, I discovered the scripture years ago, so I said, oh, so God has eyes and ears and nose and... That, that was another dimension that it just got open to me. The other thing I quickly want to talk about, I mean, if we go to... So, so I challenge this view that is held in this modern-day Christianity where you say you can just do whatever you want and all you need is a bottle of oil and that's all. We'll just lift one big prayer. Or all you need is to offer a big offering. I mean, to the extent that these days, people pay consultancy to see people <laughs> so that they will pray for them. Because their belief is that irrespective of that station you are in life, when that person prays, it will happen. Indeed, there are times where God has, and, and I ask for God is God. He can choose to do whatever he wants to do. But I think the emphasis on a relationship as well is very important. So, in addition to lifting the oil and then whatever, I also want to be interested in how the relationship is. Because I believe that a good relationship with God enables an effective prayer life. Can we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7? So this is Solomon having dedicated the temple. And he goes on and on and on, offers, offers a lot of sacrifices and big offerings. And then in verse 12, God says that, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. Once again, just to emphasize that the God that we are in this relationship with hears us because he had made all those sacrifices and had also lifted a prayer. And how this is extremely comforting and assuring that all that we're doing, it's not in vain. And that every prayer that we offer to God, he hears us. And he says that, and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Because it was Solomon who was offering the house to God. So now he says, I've heard and I've chosen. And for every prayer that, once again, every prayer that you have lifted before the Almighty God, I just want to assure you that he has heard and that he will act. And in verse 13, he says that, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. Verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. So, I was just talking about expectations in relationships. So, I think 
in this relationship, God is setting a certain expectation. My people. You go to Matthew 6 and Jesus says, your father, our father. In fact, in the model prayer, the first line he, um, he teaches us is, our father who art in heaven. So, the emphasis of, on being right standing with God as a Christian is critical. The emphasis of being one of my people who are called by my name. And, and he lays it very clear. And, 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 and sometimes when you hear and see the things that are going on, then you ask, ask yourself, is it that all you need is just one big prayer and that's all? Because in this relationship, our God has set a certain expectation. And the first one is humbling ourselves and praying. And I looked at the Good News Bible and it talked about repenting. And you see a picture of a man or a woman who is coming to this sovereign God and acknowledging that indeed you are the one who holds my life. In fact, you made me. And in you I live, I move and I have my being. And also saying that I acknowledge the fact that your way says that be ye holy for I'm holy. And therefore, if there is anything that is standing in my way, I repent of it. So you go to him wanting to establish, re-establish. That's the beauty of our relationship with God. That the fact that we can always re-establish whenever we feel we do a sense check and we feel things are not right, we can always re-establish. So, then he says that, and it will seek my face. Because sometimes, we also say, oh, okay, it doesn't matter. And, and, and the, the view that sometimes is pushed out there is that once we have prayed, everything will be well. Indeed, everything will be well, but there are some things that can stand in our way. And as Jesus says that the enemy has nothing in me, same thing, there could be some grounds that the enemy is standing on to intrude into your life. And therefore, after there's a need for us to, in addition to the prayer, to seek his face. Because I think the ultimate thing is eternity. And I was listening to Andrew Womack some time ago and he said, look, every struggle that you're going through, it pales in the prospect of eternity. Because indeed, we want to live for as long as we can because our God has put everything here and has made here this place comfortable. But once you put eternity into perspective, then you realize that God wants more than we coming to him that I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And that he wants a relationship. Because seeking his face, and I saw one scripture that really tore me apart. Even my flesh crawls after you. He said, this is deep. My flesh crawls after you. My soul is thirsting after you. And my flesh is, I mean, that's the level that he wants us to get to in our relationship with him. So that at that point, once you make a request, I think, and also it's a more meaningful relationship because in my relationship with my father, if the only times he sees me are the times I need things from him. And he makes him want to think twice. 
about, whether it's a relationship, but not just a, a provisional arrangement. I mean, not provisional, but something that, I mean, maybe, maybe dependency, that's all. That you just, once you need something, you come, but that you don't really want to connect with me. Because I think that not only did he make us to connect, but because we are in likeness, in his likeness, it also sums up the kind of relationship he wants to have with us and even take it into eternity where it will continue forever and ever. So, and then, then he says that, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, I will heal their land. And so does it mean that if, if someone is not right standing with God, he cannot pray. Absolutely not. You don't have to be perfect. The work that Jesus did for us is enough to put us in right standing. I think what we're talking about is continuously scanning your environment, scanning your heart, say search, searching your heart and checking whether, because Jesus himself said that even if you are going to give an offering and you realize that there's something that can stand in your way. So, I think what he's encouraging us to do is to constantly be reviewing our lives, doing a sanity check, and ensuring that there's nothing that is standing in our way to hinder our prayer. Because indeed, there are things that we do that can hinder our relationship with God. As for the work on the cross, he's done it. So everybody's encouraged to pray. And if you look at the account of Cornelius, he was not a Christian, but he was a God-fearing man. And because of that, God could even hear him and once again, and you see throughout the Bible, a God who is extending, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out to people. And in 1 John chapter 1, you read the whole account of he giving and trying to take us, take us, reaching out. So he reaches out to Cornelius. So the point I'm trying to make is that we also don't want to get into that position where we feel that we have sinned so we can't come to him. Because in this arrangement, there's enough space for us to constantly reach out to him when we feel we are falling short. There's enough space in this arrangement so and also that we also don't fall into that trap of thinking that it is our righteousness that is giving us that access because that righteousness that we have was given to us by christ but in this relationship i think all that is trying to say that there are some things that come into this relationship that hinder effective communication that hinder the kind of intimate relationship that he wants to have with us and therefore if a Christian want to, wants to have a very effective prayer, that they, hence they need to constantly scan his environment, his heart, and see whether there is anything that will stand in his way. So far as being able to, um, what do you call it? Being able to relate to God and also being able to pray is consent. So, maybe my, just, just to say that, in, can we read Isaiah chapter 59? Because for, for me, that, that view that, is, that says that because Jesus has also done the work, we can do whatever we want. 
and, 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 and for me, it's also not scriptural. At every turn, you see that God demands a certain, has a certain expectation in this relationship. If humbling ourselves also means repenting, then it also means that at any point in time, the Christian has the opportunity to just check if anything, if there is anything that is not going right in his or her life and work on it. And repent doesn't mean, repent for me means that you're making a conscious effort that you're not going back to it. So that it doesn't become like, anytime I want to pray, I'll go and repent. Anytime I want to pray, I'll go and repent. The other thing I want to quickly say is in Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 3, you know those times when we were growing up in SU, those, these were some of the scriptures that they will always remind you of. You, you don't hear it that much these days. That scripture that says that, Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from, his face from you, so that he will not hear. So you go on and on and on and what this scripture is telling us is that sin can be a, it's a barrier to an effective relationship with God. And that in some of the cases it isn't because God's hands are shortened. Neither is it because he cannot hear. But it's that thing that stands in your way that you are aware of, that he's convicting you of that needs to be worked on. I just want to conclude by saying that there's a place for everyone. There's a place for everyone when it comes to prayer. Because prayer is a conversation. Whether it's the the thief on the cross, it's a conversation. No one can stop anyone from having a conversation with God. So long as that person would approach it approach it in a manner that says that I repent of my sins I, I, I acknowledge you as a sovereign God and I want to build a relationship with you that when, you, when that person comes to that, that space that point I believe that there's a place for that person too there's a place for that, that person who doesn't, doesn't know Christ and just wants to give his life to Christ because Christ has already done the work on the cross. There's also a place for that Christian who is struggling that at any point in time we can approach him because Jesus has done the work and that we can approach his throne of grace with boldness. In Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 3 it also gives us a certain framework for whoever wants to offer a prayer to give himself or herself to Christ. And in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For those of us in this part of the world, it looks like a very easy thing. 
But to tell someone that Jesus is Lord or to ask someone to say Jesus is Lord, it's not the easiest thing. There are some people that the day they say that, I mean, so we, I mean, we grew up with Sunday school and all of that. Sometimes you get used to. But there are some people, they've never heard it in their homes. They've never heard it anywhere else. And the first time they have to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, it's a big deal for them. But there's a place for all of them as well. So if you look at the model prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then he talks about thy kingdom come, which is also giving us a certain responsibility to ensure that we are working with those people so that the kingdom of God will be established on this earth. So that we don't hold ourselves in a way, knowing that it's by grace that today we can stand and offer a prayer to God. We can go with that same humility unto those other people who struggle to even open their mouth. In fact, I read an article of a, of a lady who had given her life to Christ and was just praying that she turns 18 so she can leave home and now be able to say that I acknowledge that Jesus Christ, say it publicly. So for now, it was a private prayer. So my dear Christian friends, this morning's message is just to emphasize on the fact that God wants, is reaching out, wants to have a relationship with all of us and he's constantly reaching out to all of us and he wants us to respond and once we respond, we can come into a place where the prayer doesn't, you can just, as it comes, you're just praying and he also will talk back to you. Because indeed he can hear and he also acts. Shall we close our eyes? If there's anyone here who has not given his life to Christ, in this series about prayer, I think there's an op- a very good opportunity for you to come to that point where you can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So if you're here and you've not given your life to Christ, just take advantage of this opportunity and confess His Lordship over your life. And also believe, because in prayer, you also need to believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your kindness towards us. You manifested through your desire to speak to us from church, through our work, through our engagement with people, You're always speaking to us. We thank you for the work that you did on the cross that has brought us into that space where we can converse with you. Thank you that in prayer, there's a place for everyone. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. We thank you for whoever has given their life, his or her life to Christ this morning. Father, we pray that as this decision has been made, that your grace and your mercy will sustain that person. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. 
You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.